All right, everyone. Welcome to Hellbent for Leather, where we talk about everything leather. Today, I am interviewing, I have the blessing of interviewing Ariana Jade, the singer in Psychic Hick, Hit Hit, not Psychic Hick. That would be horrible. <laughs> that would be like a psychobilly like country band. <laughs> it's like a spinoff of of. Okay, that's my, that's my uh, bluegrass side project. <laughs> oh my god, that would be so cool. Okay, <laughs> okay, everyone, it's psychic hit, and um, Ariana Jade is also a pro dominatrix. So perfect combination to talk about what we are going to be diving into today uh, which we're going to discuss the intersection and relationship between the BDSM slash kink and metal music land. Um, I am personally really stoked about this because I like deep stuff and I'm I'm sure Ari does as well because we we discussed it very briefly and um, let's see I'm going to go over my notes real quick here because I'm a nerd as I push up my glasses. <laughs> um, so, Ari, I, just before we get started, um, I just wanted to thank you for taking the time to, um, to discuss this, uh, this beautiful topic today because... Um, I think you're the, the perfect combo to do this. I just want to thank you from the bottom of my heart. And um, so in, in Psychic Hit, uh, we'll, of course, talk about the music and we'll talk about the underbelly of things and the overbelly of things. Mm -hmm. So I want everybody to check out the new EP, Solutio, out now on all streaming platforms and especially Spotify um, because that's what anchor is directly connected to. So you can hopefully connect to this new EP on Spotify. I think I checked it out already. We'll do some double checking later, but anywhere else, please listen. Um, so just a quick thing about me before um, we, we dive in. I got started in leather and metal when I was 18. Uh, the fetish, like fashion mags, touched something super deep inside of me. And I didn't feel alone in my desires anymore. And who I was attracted to, I didn't feel alone anymore about those things just because of fashion and fetish. And a lot of it had to do with metal things like, like bands like, Judas Priest and what they would wear and Alice Cooper and his antics on stage. I just, I think that there's definitely a connection between, between those deep things and um, kinky stuff and metal stuff. So, so Ari. Yeah. I, I may call you Ari, right? Yes, please. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, what was your beginning into this lovely fashion world? Well, uh, like I, leather fashion and, you know, the whole thing, leather, BDSM and yeah, leather fashion. <laughs> yeah, totally. I was always attracted to metal and rock musicians and their fashion. And 
I wanted to attract more people like that because I grew up in Pennsylvania in uh, a small town oh, nestled wow. in Amish country. Oh, wow. And <laughs> it's very conservative there. Yeah. And I definitely felt like I was destined for something a little wilder. And I had fantasies about running away when I was a little girl. Oh. And I had a happy, you know, relatively happy childhood when I was little, but I, I but just you, really yeah. wanted to explore and I knew that yeah. there was more out there. And so when I started getting into metal, when I was a teenager, um, I was really attracted to um, the way that it lit up something in my soul I mean when you hear yeah. the music that resounds with you the music that strikes a chord and yeah. lights you up you look to the musicians creating that music and you want to identify them relate to them and match them yeah and metal is a subgenre of rock it's extreme it's getting more and more extreme it was extreme in its beginnings <laughs> yeah. with bands like Judas Priest which are proto metal and Judas yeah. Priest by the way is one of my favorite bands and I just idolize Rob Halford oh yes he's he's the <laughs> self-identified god and <laughs> absolutely he is he's a metal <laughs> fucking god yeah oh yeah and he's, he's gay like, he's like out he's out he's super out and gay and proud of that and he was one of the first to one of the first to do that which i look up, up to him for mm -hmm. and and he lives the lifestyle 24 7 like he i there was a, a little short story this this um gay man i work at um mr s leather and there's this older gay man that told me a story of rob halford and uh he said that he got the gift to go and see him and have a, like BDSM sexual experience with Rob Halter, Halford and I almost like knelt before this guy oh because he God. had touched Rob Halford but Rob Halford actually said to him word for word I he he kidded me not come kneel before your rock god he said that he said that in the scene and I was like yes he is he's it's the real deal like he's not just wearing that stuff but that's what I love about leather it's not just wearing it for okay it, it, there's there's people that wear it just for the fashion mm -hmm. and then there's people that do it for both uh -huh. they actually are into this like doing like getting whipped getting chained up using their their items that they're wearing <laughs> you know like <laughs> which it's fine if you're just wanting to do it for fashion purposes and you don't want to use it for its you know function you just want it for the fashion and not for the function but i myself personally i like doing fashion and function both at the same time and that's one yes. of the things where i was like super like drooled about that story because he's not just he's not joking around like rob helford is like yeah. he's using the gear that he's walking on stage he probably walked off stage and had a scene like, this is just my imagination. <laughs> He's like, walks off stage and then has a scene with a bunch of, you know, gay boys. And I don't know. That Maybe that's just my fantasy. Who knows if that's really happening. Sure. <laughs> yeah. I mean, whatever we can imagine, there's some flavor of it that has been born to reality or yeah, will yeah, be. Yeah, totally. And... Maybe, it, maybe it will happen to uh, you or I. That would be nice. 
I'll just be up on stage and then go straight to a scene. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a bit of an exhibitionist myself. I used to do some burlesque and aerial acrobatics and things like that. Um, A little bit of porn and stuff, which I talked about in other episodes, but Mm-hmm. Enough about me and my fantasies. Let's get back to what you were. <laughs> let's get back to what you were saying. Um, well, I, I mean, everything you said was so interesting. I want to touch on a few things. So, oh, yeah. I love also the utility of. I love fashion that is utilitarian. Yeah, and there's something that makes me feel very safe, and I. Re- that's why I really like military fashion too. Yeah. Um, so. I, at times I have felt like a little bit of a poser in military stuff because all the men in my, both sides of my family have been in the military, but oh, wow. I have not because I will not Yeah, no. Um, yeah. But <laughs> participate in that. Yeah, no, but I am inspired by certain aspects of that. And I am expi- inspired by certain aspects of like power exchange and, but I'm inspired by, uh, I really like the idea of how, a lot of leather fashion started out as utilitarian. For example, the totally. leather motorcycle jacket. Oh, this yeah. is a utilitarian piece of clothing mm-hmm. that now has been popularized and every bitch wears it. Yeah. But it's interesting because we sort of take these artifacts, mm-hmm. these little fashion clothing artifacts, and they start out as utilitarian and they're just for a specific purpose. And then they become a signal they can become a signifier of yeah. a worldview. Uh, they are a statement. And yeah. now these things like leather jackets and stompy leather boots and certain kinds of belts. I mean, think about a fucking belt. A yeah. belt used to be just a belt. Yeah, a belt's a, not just a belt to me anymore. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, one of the first things I ask my clients to do sometimes is hand me their belt. And that's a very, yeah. it can be a really demeaning act for some of them. Yeah, because who knows what their experiences have been, depending on their age or their upbringing or whatever. But when I say, yeah, hand me that belt and I put my little hand out and I wait for it. Yeah, that can that does something to the mind of the the um, if they're submissive or whatever, they can get directly into the headspace just right there from the get go. Yeah. And that's so exciting to me. It's so exciting to me that you can take something off of your person and it can be used for all of these extremely different functions. And um, so that's what really excites me about fashion is its functionality. It's functionality as a signifier and it's physical function. Um, So, so yeah. Like it's like you're saying, like it's a, like it's a symbol, like a, like a trendy word right now is the word iconic. It's a, it's, it's, and people are just throwing it left and right. But what about the things that are actually iconic? Symbology is the deepest way of communicating as a human. And that's, that's another thing about having symbols versus words. Like mm-hmm. a leather jacket is now a symbol of something. It's mm-hmm. a symbol of what, you know, a list of things. Like it could mean a, a toughness, protection being an outsider you know like there's Mm -hmm. there's an association with like um a a symbol or an icon that can that almost can turn religious where they felt shame for being excited about certain abuses that happened in their life 
And to me, I think the the shame part and the sexuality part mm-hmm. and like exploring um, those are even the, the more scary things of like, well, I was abused as a child, but why do I want to be spanked mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right now? I'm an adult. Why do I fantasize about being spanked? Do I is it something, you know, most people are just like, well, I'm fucked up and I'll just do this by myself in a very, maybe an unhealthy way in BDSM. You can explore those things consensually yeah, and express and even possibly express some of that sexual stuff. Um, almost, I, I am a strong believer that BDSM is a type of therapy and and we need to treat it that way and not yes it's play but it's also some deep stuff and like working on that having a dialogue with when people are going to do some intense play time to to discuss it with their partners before they just dive into it so that nobody gets hurt psychologically anymore but if somebody is like, you know, I had, I have these like leather fantasies and they involve things that um, when I was a child, I was put through these hard times. I want, I want to process these things out in, the, in a sexual way. And this, like sexuality to me can help process those things out and that that's just my personal opinion i'm not a therapist or anything so please don't take my like advice as being like doctor advice <laughs> you know <laughs> well like- you know i i want to i'm going to agree with you that bdsm can be a form of healing it can be uh, some of my sessions are straight up shadow work And I also think that we don't have to make BDSM acceptable by labeling it healing. We don't have to label it therapy to make it acceptable. And I think that's something that we do a lot because we want to justify it. And I don't think that we have to fucking justify it. I think that if you want pain, you want pain. If you want to get freaky, you want to get freaky. If you want to drink piss, you want to fucking drink piss. Like, yeah, that is just your prerogative. But yeah, I do what what draws me to BDSM, which I consider to be kind of like a dark art. And and also just my personal way of of enjoying being in control and enjoying power exchange, because I don't get to enjoy that in my day to day life. And a lot of us don't, you know, because I'm a woman. And, uh, but I'm a, I don't want to participate in, after I started becoming, after I started training to be a dominatrix and I've been at it for 10 years. And I-, I think people can get the gist of like, um, the connection between what things mean and what they started out meaning. Yeah. And that's, that's what I think is, is important for us to do is to look at how things began and like. Yeah. I, I think like leather has like it started off as a protection like we needed it like if humans it's armor 
yeah like back in the day like we needed that stuff to like survive we needed leather to like clothe ourselves Mm -hmm. out in the world and build our shelters and like it was a a very visceral raw deep thing to 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 be one with that animal that you had to mm-hmm. slaughter to so it can save your life mm-hmm. in the cold i've got a lot <laughs> to say about this so yeah, yeah have you the thing is over if we want to go back into deep history okay yeah let's talk about how we have come to fetishize violence we have come to fetishize oh yeah whatever looks who of course if we fetishize violence then then we're gonna look at someone who's wearing something that makes them look tough as fuck and we're gonna be attracted to that yeah because we want to be friends with the person who has power so that they can protect us and so that they don't come after us and so when we look at history and we look at um, all of, you know, European history, for example, and mm-hmm. the Romans taking over all of Europe and uh, decimating all of those uh, indigenous populations in Gaul and because yeah, yeah. Gaul was just sprawling and all these kind of tribal cultures and Mm -hmm. destroying spreading christianity and destroying all of the women who were medicine workers and kind of like shamanic type people Mm -hmm. um there was a period called the burning times where all of these basically most of the women of these tribal societies were just burned yeah and what effect do you think that had on the psyche of the men who lost their mothers and their sisters and their grandmothers and their yeah. and then we start getting everybody into Christianity and the idea is punishing people for their sexual desires and pitting men against women yep. and just you have to do atonement for your transgressions and all of this punishment punishment consequences you're gonna go to fucking hell and burn so there's just a lot of fear a lot of violence and yeah that becomes sexualized because we're so repressed and it's gonna just that's the effect i believe that you know those events had on our psyche so yeah. leading up to how that thinking manifests in the choices that we make to protect our bodies and function, especially in the most dire of circumstances, such as war. Yeah. Um, we're going to fetishize those kind of looks. And yeah. um, it makes a certain part of us feel good and it makes a certain part of us feel taken care of. Mm-hmm. And um, so I'm really attracted to that kind of look. And uh, yeah, I have too. always felt really uncomfortable with the male gaze yeah i have curves and i attract intense gaze with my silhouette so i like to change my silhouette and leather is really great for that a leather motorcycle jacket is so comforting to me because it gives me broad shoulders and it makes me feel muscly and tough yeah and it's armor for me 
And it's also what Rob Halford wears. And it's also what all of my favorite metal musicians wear. And I love motorcycle fashion and I, I won't ride motorcycles. I, I, I wish I was that daring, but then again, I don't (laughs) because I don't want to get mutilated or something, but I just, I love being on, I've ridden motorcycles a few times on the back and it's been really fun and feels like I'm flying, but yeah, that's why I ride. Yeah. I have a motorcycle and I, it's, it's exhilarating. And that's why I, that's why I do it. I mean, I, I, I wear leather. Yes. Also to protect myself and very similarly being a small uh, trans man, like growing up and wearing a leather jacket, like I didn't look skinny. I could like hide my tits and, Mm -hmm. you know, as a younger person, not having surgery until later in life. Uh, top mm-hmm. surgery it's like yeah it's it's protection it's like um and it still helps you feel sexy at the same time like with just specifically the leather jacket like i could talk i could talk hours about just the leather jacket itself which mm. maybe i should have a podcast about the history of the typical leather jacket and yeah and go into the history of those those guys i was talking about who invented it for yeah. Harley Davidson company. I mean, that would be amazing because I think that it is really important to look at the history of these things because the meaning gets lost. And I want to, at first I want to resent the reactive part of me wants to resent how trendy it's become to wear the stuff because it loses its meaning when any bitch can go to banana Republic and get a, a fucking beige motorcycle jacket but it's like what i also am intrigued by about this is why yeah why why are women attracted why are we reaching for these styles yeah well that that's i going back to um topics i wrote like the i believe it's uh the fashion evolution goes hand in hand with music and the like Mm -hmm. trends with within our music culture actually seep into pop culture yeah so what like a a a thread in in this podcast is bringing things underground to above ground because that's just the nature of a cycle we're living in a cyclical time it's not a straight line right everything repeats itself yeah so you to in order to adapt you you just go with that and be like everything that is underground will become above ground and how Mm -hmm. are we going Mm -hmm. to handle that and like leather jackets and rock and roll like bikers and in the 50s and 60s like they were outcasts a lot of gay people hid in biker gangs and Mm -hmm. you know like there's Mm -hmm. just the the leather jacket was then in music like old old school rock and roll and i'll probably go into (laughs) on a, a later podcast about rock and roll specifically because we're just talking about metal in this one because i mean obviously metal has evolved from rock and roll and rock and roll was basically taken from african-american or not african-american but african tribes blues (laughs) blues like rock and roll was taken from blues yeah like everything before that spiritual yes and before that fill in the blank you know yeah and also native american cultures i watched an amazing documentary which i wish i could remember the name of right now about native american 
music and its in- influence on rock and roll. Yep. And it just made me cry because it was so, That's... I had no fucking idea. Yeah. Like, I think it would be cool to like revisit that in a future episode about just rock and roll and the history of it. Because if any, and anybody listening, just look it up. I actually posted this on my Instagram a while ago, just giving history about certain items. Like the the leather mm-hmm. jacket was invented by the Scott brothers. And like, it's been, their design was like, cop it's been copied so many times and they don't get any credit for it mm. and they're, they're you know like they, <laughs> they i don't know like they they're still selling their jackets and um I'll, oh. I'll yeah like they i will um maybe if people want to follow me on instagram i'll repost um the the information because that they used to make it out of um horse hide <laughs> and horse oh. hide is like like extremely thick and um it's like intensely it's way more strong than than cowhide or it's kind of like buffalo hide but less thick but okay. yeah um but that's a nerdy side of my <laughs> <laughs> my my nerd self talking about like where things started like you had yes. said like military um you had you had been you had mentioned something about like military and that is also like 100 like most of the military things like if you look at tom of finland mm-hmm. and um i talked with jack thompson last time and he was a uh, uh, 2019 international mr leather and international mr leather contests if you do not wear like military inspired garb you you you're you're not going to win like at this point it's like <laughs> such a you have to look a certain way yeah. within within this group to in, enter this enter the contest and like a lot of military outfits are amazingly sexy like yeah. which is sad what were the um specific histories that are being hidden like that rock and roll took from because it's like beat beat music that was you 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 couldn't at certain like in the 50s or 40s that's like certain music was banned like you couldn't go to it it was yep it 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 was the beat people thought like beat ritualistic beat music was going to make people lose their minds right um (laughs) <laughs> that, like people really thought that they were different like, times yeah like and so yeah. all, like these people folks would like secretly go to beat rock music and, and and like dance secretly dance and secretly wear leather and secretly do all these things and now they're like you know all these folks were seen as outsiders and now it's trendy now it's popular and now it's you know you could just wear studded collars on the street and uh, mm-hmm. nobody's gonna bat bat an eyelash at it where you could have been thrown in jail and mm-hmm. <laughs> you know uh, a long time ago yeah uh, it's not such a brave statement any longer yeah the the statements now are, are usually having to do with like we we need to break like this is a side note but we need to like i think mass like misogyny and masculinity is breaking and shifting the mm-hmm. the more cis men that wear dresses, 
the better. Because yeah. we, we really need to start busting up like what what the what the hell is all this gender crap and it's it's slowly crumbling and i that is at least that's what i think i'm a glass half full type of guy (laughs) yeah i think that when it comes to having ideological shifts happen on a sweeping scale yeah it's probably gonna start with things like men cis men wearing dresses and kind of statements like that that aren't words because you can't force someone to learn something or empathize with someone's experience they're just not going to do if they want to but then when they see someone dressed like that or they see something that is out of the norm there is a curiosity and it might just be an angry uh resentful reaction and i don't think that the typical person in general will look at their anger and want to dive into it and see where is this really coming from let me be inquisitive about this I think most of the time we react to our anger or our discomfort by either feeling self-righteous about it or wanting to suppress it Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah I I do see shifts happening and I'm really happy to see that. And that's why I'm so grateful to live in the Bay Area, because I see people experimenting, shift, uh, pushing boundaries with things and making brave choices with fashion and yeah. um, their lifestyles. And it's a really, really beautiful thing. Yeah. And I'm, I'm also happy about living in the Bay Area for that very reason, because it's I mean, that's why I moved here, because I grew up in Arizona. Yeah. And it was it's wow. very... Like I couldn't really wear leather there, even though I wanted to, because it's hot as balls. Like I <laughs> would die. Like I, I yeah, I, literally. People, no, yeah, literally died. Literally, death would happen. Like <laughs> the, people died all the time and still do of heat exhaustion there. I I turned into a night owl to survive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like yeah, it's just really you can't go out in the day because they're just paving the whole. Uh, eco like the very fragile ecosystem there they're just painting it all in blacktop and it's like i I, and it's also racist as hell there Mm -hmm. and i just was like i can't i can't i can't do all this i need to get out of here so i'm grateful for the bay area so i can like wear my leather everywhere i go (laughs) really is a long-term learning process and that being said when we are intrigued by the darker things and the things that evoke fear and confusion. And we want to consider why that's coming up for us in our lives. It is something that is really necessary because when we repress our shadow and we rep- we judge ourselves for the true feelings that we have or the way that we truly feel, we are cutting ourselves in half in a way. You're taking your consciousness and you're cutting it in half. You're taking the parts of you that you like and and then you're prioritizing this ego, which is the idea of who you want to be. Oh yeah. And then (laughs) inevitably shit will happen in your life and you will be so confused about why this shit keeps happening. For example, some people continually date 
people who are abusive and won't go away. And maybe that's because somewhere along the line in their childhood, they had a relationship with someone who was abusive and fucked up towards them, but they still love them anyway. Yeah. So they want to feel like they're valued by someone, especially if they're abusive to them, because they never went back and looked at that part of themselves to see that two plus two equals four. Yeah. So I'm saying we're missing out on the equation of our lives and our understanding of why things aren't adding up when we are repressing and suppressing these realities with delusions because we tell ourselves these delusions and narratives we buy into it and then our lives are still chaotic and shit still happens and we're like why is this happening it's like well you need to look inside yeah you need to look at what you're really afraid of and what you're really afraid to admit because your ego is telling you no that's not who you are you're this yeah it's like no you haven't actually done the work to get there yet and maybe that's not who you actually want to be maybe you're really limiting yourself Yes. So when I see countercultural underground symbol symbolism in the form of music and other cultural artifacts like fashion, I think we're intrigued by that because we know that there's something more and we want to we want to be informed about that and we want to bring that in and we want to I mean humans are very curious and um we love exploration and we are reward rewarded with novelty if uh, like uh, if you followed any of terence mckenna's work um Mm -hmm. he he his one of his theories is that nature runs on novelty and it rewards novelty (laughs) and and it 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 that it's just everywhere you just have to look with the child's eyes real quick outside what is nature? What, how do we connect with nature? We, we explore the curiosities and the, the, the imaginations consensually, of course, like, and that, (laughs) and I I wanted to touch on with what you were just saying a little second ago there is like, even if somebody did have an abusive upbringing and they and get, getting back to my topics, because I always I always trail off, and I'm pretty raw on this, and I let people listeners know that I wrangle myself. <laughs> I have to top myself and and uh, <laughs> to get myself on track. Bad uh, yeah, <laughs> but yeah, like uh, one of my questions that was stemming from that is like the the psychology and the like the the connection between the music and leather world what do you think the connection could be like the uh, maybe we already answered that but between like like the psychology of music uh-huh. and uh, like specifically metal and leather like what do you think that could be that that connection well um i was actually thinking the other day while i was listening to something i can't remember exactly what it was it might have actually been judas priest or a band that sounds like judas priest and there's all of this high-pitched screaming and stuff and i love that yeah and i was thinking (laughs) you know i listen to scary music this is like (laughs) so cool because this is 
matching the way that I feel sometimes because I do have a lot of fear and I feel if I want to listen to my inner child or listen to some of the rumblings that that come from my shadow deep inside there's a lot of like like, it's very scary and so like, yeah. when I listen to scary music and metal and stuff I'm like this is great because it's just I'm putting it out there and yeah. now it's out in the open and this really vulnerable feel fearful part of me is just out and in this music it's organized and it's yeah. em- I can embrace it and it's especially just hearing the human voice and hearing a wailing guitar and mm-hmm. just these really grounding rhythms like especially in Judas Priest again with you know their inspiration coming from factories in their hometown where they were yeah. growing up and kind of how afraid they were that they were going to eventually end up having to work in that factory or be a fucking grave digger or something because yeah. that was their options mm-hmm. so I was thinking about that and reflecting about how a lot of the metal that I like is sort of it almost sounds like a soundtrack to my own um, kind of turmoil and fears that I have. And it, it makes me feel better in a way because it makes me feel like these people are out there making this music so they know how this feels. They know about it. They know about the anguish. And yeah. they're putting it out there because this is a real part of who we are. And I think that back in the day when this kind of music was coming out, it was very extreme and it excited some people and it scared others because it brings up Those feelings of I'm, you know, I do have these scary parts of me and angry parts of me, aggressive side of me that I want to suppress. But these people are just flagrantly expressing these things and recording it and dispersing these recordings. And that's intimidating, I think. And it was a totally different time. But I think these days people are generally more open to edginess. They're open to edgy fashion, edgy topics, edgy culture stuff. And um because it's mysterious. And I think that when it Mm -hmm. comes to leather and the way that people wear it day to day, um, when you see someone in leather, they seem kind of like they're in armor, kind of like they're, um, they might be in a shell in a way, but it's a mysterious kind of statement. Yeah. And it could read as tough but I think psychologically it reads as guarded. And when we see people yeah. who are guarded, we wonder why it evokes yeah. that mystery. And everyone loves a mysterious person. We want to crack <laughs> the shell. Yeah. We want to get to the soft middle and we want to become a person who this tough leather guy will take into the fold and even protect. And so I think that psychologically people, um, we experience such a, insane range of emotions and we expect ourselves to act according to norms and behave a certain way and we let out our shadow sides and the things that we tend to repress with our fashion and in the music that we listen to and so yeah that's kind of what I was thinking yeah I love that that's definitely how I see it as well you know, talking about the shadow, if if people listening don't know what we're meaning by the shadow's nature, you can actually look it up on YouTube at this point. <laughs> there is a lot of talk about the the shadow side of oneself, but I would 
I would describe it uh, uh, like anything that you don't want to listen to. Like Ari was saying, like you don't want to see something inside of yourself. But to me, what is powerful is learning your demons and getting uh-huh. them getting them to work with you um, and not being afraid of them. Because if you're afraid of them, they control your life. Exactly. So that's why I chose to explore, like I had spoken before in the beginning, like when I saw pictures of metal fashion and kinky fashion in these magazines that were vintage. And I was like, I'm not supposed to be seeing this, but other people are doing this and they're curating it. I want to explore that. I was afraid, but I also was, you know, I was afraid that my Christian family would not, you know, they'd disown me and I'm not close to them anymore because, because of the, I, Mm. I've chosen to be, it's not a choice to be something. It's a choice to be who you are. It's a, it's, it's, you're choosing to choose (laughs) the choice is. When, when people are like, oh, you chose to be gay or you chose to be kinky, that's not... No, I chose to explore who I am. I chose to follow my heart and not follow what I the norm is. So yeah, it's a choice when it comes down to that, but it's not a choice of like being who I am or not who I am. Like, you know, you know I don't know if I, mm-hmm, I'm mm-hmm. making sense there. Yeah, t- definitely. It can be a refuge absolutely and that is what makes me a little bit irked when in popular culture people wear collars and (laughs) bdsm style shit because like for example some i've seen a lot of chicks wearing this collar that has a big o-ring in the middle and that's a cock sucking yeah uh gag it's not a collar it's a cock sucking (laughs) gag (laughs) and i'm like you're what you're like you know, I see like 16 year olds wearing this walking around in Berkeley uh, or whatever. And I'm just like, oh, my God, calm down. <laughs> but like, so I'm kind of like, you know, this this is uh, not really. Yeah, it looks tough and everything. And I know that the signifier is that it looks tough. But it's important for us to really be curious about the history of like if we're gonna wear edgy shit you might want to know where it comes from exactly because then you know if you're actually being authentic because i think people when they wear edgy shit and leather shit they think they look more authentic but the thing is they just want to look like someone who is being their authentic self because they actually are kinky or they are a leather daddy or they are a motorcyclist or they are a metal god what have you (laughs) And yeah. so, like, I I see that people want to do that and they want to look like that and they want to look like they're challenging something. And I think that that just means that they are not comfortable with the power exchange that is inherent in our culture with rape culture, sexism, patriarchy, white supremacy. People want to be resistant to that. And that's their way of doing it. And sometimes it looks kind of silly and it looks contrived. But yeah. I do appreciate that 
it's I don't want to call it like a little cry for help or something, but it's <laughs> it's like they are in their own in their own way trying to express resistance. And they yeah. might not know how to explain that, but at least they're they're trying to send a message. They're trying to send a message so that they can connect with someone who can inform them. Yeah. And that's what I was like again throwing back to when we begun the conversation, like that's how I was attracted to this stuff was all the things. So I started wearing the stuff, but I'm, I want to know where this shit's coming from. That's what set me apart from other, cause I was, I was a punk for a while as, as a teenager. And um, I don't even know how it came up. I think it was a friend who was my, one of my Navajo friends. Um, cause the, uh, I lived close to a couple reservations in Arizona Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and they explained to me how the Mohawk is appropriation. Yeah. And um, so that really hit home with me because I respected them because they were in a, an amazing metal band, uh, Navajo metal band. It was, I I can't remember the name. Well, I'll get, maybe the information put it in the notes later yeah um but so that really set me on the trail of like well what is this stuff like what is what am i wearing what am i wearing here (laughs) yeah and a lot lot of a lot of it a lot of stuff is cultural appropriation and we don't know it is and it's it's okay to appropriate like things like collars or whatever but it's not okay to appropriate like dreads and traditional garb of people that are still being oppressed. That's not cool. But that's technically what it is. If you, like you were saying, these Berkeley girls walking around with cock-sucking gags gags around their necks, that's (laughs) that's cultural appropriation. It's not as messy as like race cultural appropriation but it's still they don't know what they're do they don't know what they're wearing and if somebody went up to them and was like hey what's up like they like it's almost like i can understand it being curious about something i can un- i can totally understand that but if you're curious about something but you don't do the extended homework then you're just a novice or you're just kind of a poser and ignorant. You're an ignorant poser. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah. So that's our two cents on if you're going to wear some stuff, <laughs> please. Like if you're excited about the leather things that, that you're seeing in metal and um, anywhere these days, you could just look at any fashion magazine and I, you could spot probably several different items of bondage gear like even like so i'll just i'll just (laughs) it's interesting to let that go and 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 put that in people's pipes and smoke it yeah i think it's interesting how people wear bondage inspired garments and i'm like you're literally walking around like you're very loosely tied up in some stretchy like I don't know what it's called. You probably know what it's called. Um, what, um, like the a fabric that's stretchy, or yeah, um, like that you would put leotard. in pants around the waist. 
like spandex oh i don't know just like stretchy stuff like little stretchy (laughs) stringy stuff and people wrap themselves in it and i'm like you want to walk around like you're like in this little cocoon yeah bondage and i'm like you don't have to express that you're in bondage honey like we know like yeah like we're we're (laughs) like we're we're scooping what you're pooping there we get it (laughs) (laughs) like Oh man. But yeah, I think people need, they need to feel like someone's paying attention to them and they want to attract attention to themselves because they do need it. They need to look, they need to give themselves that a little bit first. Well, that's the other Um, thing of fashion. That's the other side of fashion is the look at me, look at me, look at me. I, I want attention. Like it's, it's, that's fine and valid. It's just in my in my opinion, it has its own place. Like, that's why I chose to do, like, exhibition things, like burlesque back in the day, so that I could have a valid place to be like, wee, look at me, you know? Like, and not take that into my real life and (laughs) be be a mess, you know? (laughs) Right, right. Yeah, I mean, I don't wear super femme clothing like i i pretty much am jeans band t-shirts stompy boots cool jackets that leads into one of the questions that i wrote down is how does your sexuality play a part in your fashion right well i'm queer so i've historically always wanted to limit the intense male gaze and send the message that i want women to look at me too And I want to be seen as someone who is strong and maybe guarded, but maybe mysterious, you know, like I like to weave the web of mystery and (laughs) see who gets caught in the web. But, (laughs) but like, you know, I want people to approach me because they're interested in what I have to say and not interested in seeing what they can get out of me because they see Mm. me as an object they want to indulge in. And so I have always felt more comfortable in jeans and boots and I like to be relaxed and sit with my legs wide open and I don't want to wear girly stuff because I mean think of the word girly like it's childish I don't want to look like a vulnerable child like why do we want women to look like vulnerable children I mean that's a whole other fucking subject but (laughs) that's kind of like how my sexuality plays into my day-to-day fashion I definitely don't want to um that's not my thing and it's really never been my thing yeah and i i i've always been really attracted to like androgynous people my partner is super androgynous and i just i was super into michael jackson when i was a kid i was really into bowie oh yeah and um i i i'm so curvaceous and feminine that it's i i don't necessarily need to embody androgyny to appreciate it but yeah. I do like to play down the the femininity a little bit. But of course, I love wearing dark lipstick and long eyelashes and whatever. But that's kind of the messaging, if that makes sense, that I'm that I'm sort of trying to cultivate and and yeah. curate with my style. But ad, uh, inversely, when I'm doing sessions as a dominatrix, I wear high femme fashion. I wear high end yeah french lingerie and the thing is it's a different context because i'm there's a power exchange happening i'm in Mm -hmm. control 
I can tell them to close their eyes and not look at me. I can put a blindfold on them. I yeah. can enjoy my femininity and my beauty and not have to give them the privilege of uh, yeah. touching it and taking it and getting off on it because I want, it's not, it's not really a mind fuck, but the, I, I want that to create that experience of, I'm saying I can indulge in my beautiful femininity, but that doesn't mean that you can have it and you're yeah. going to be okay with that. And you're going to actually enjoy that. And we're going to enjoy that power exchange together. And we're going to enjoy doing yeah. kind of the opposite of what we all pretend like we want. Like everybody's yeah. running, like these men running around cat calling out of their cars and stuff. Like, why uh, are you yeah. pretending like there's, are you a rational human? Like, no, no. Why are we <laughs> pretending like this is good? Like, this I, is not good. <laughs> you know what it's, it's for cat calling is for other men. Like that right. is, it is a statement that, Hey, other men, I'm straight. Don't worry. That's all that means to me. Or, or, yeah, it's, yeah, or totally. it's the, I'm going to degrade this woman. Cause I feel like shit because yeah. I can't get laid. So I'm going to degrade this woman that's walking by. Cause I'm a piece of shit. Like that's, that's to me, that's the two things that cat calling is. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. And it's, I mean, yeah. It, another reason why I like to play down yeah. Uh, the, like, I don't I don't dress to I mean, I dress in a way that is flattering, but I don't dress yeah. in a way that accentuates things because, yeah, we live in a rape culture. Like, I don't need someone. I've had people go, come up to me and just touch me. Ugh. And it's like so weird and uncomfortable. And I'll even say to other people like this person's touching me. This is not a okay. candle. Like, oh, that's weird. I'm like, what, what the fuck? So yeah, and this is a this is a, this is like that would that would that would grant a throat punch if I was next. Oh to Oh my god! Yeah, I mean that's another reason why I like to wear boots and I like to wear lace up boots specifically. Yeah. And I tie them tight, honey, because I want to run away if I need to. I want to yeah. hit someone in the nuts if I need to. Yeah. Like that's a part of my armor and yeah. why I feel like more comfortable wearing that stuff. And that's again why I I am critical of people who appropriate like punk and um leather culture with their fashion but i also yeah. see that it makes them more comfortable and there's a reason why they're reaching for those items yeah um, but going back to me personally um yeah <sighs> yeah i mean i dress for my mood and i am very sensitive to other people's energy and i like to protect myself with my clothes and yeah. I also like to evoke a sense of mysteriousness, but I'm trying to attract a certain type of person. Um, yeah. And I like to think sometimes I sort of dress like an off-duty dominatrix, like it's totally a thing in <laughs> Oakland because there's so many doms here. So I yeah. think the off-duty dominatrix look is such a thing. And, oh my um, god, I love that. That's the, yeah. That that coined you coined put a coin in the bucket. Off. <laughs> that that's that's definitely a look. And yeah. yeah, it sucks when people steal looks. Like that's where I. I get upset when when I see street fashion being regurgitated back by these high like for thousands of dollars by designers that mm -hmm. are basically just stealing looks from from people who are having to do it out of necessity because they're creatives and they mm -hmm. that's all they have and like I get upset about it too like I'm I'm 
happy that it's available for more people that are curious and actually that's who they are, but I'm not happy about it just being sold back. It's kind of like in the nineties when the punk scene was being regurgitated back to us and like studded belts being like made out of plastic and sold at target. And like, I'm like, you know, studded belts were for target. Do you want me to tell you? (laughs) <laughs> their their weapons they're used to, like it yeah was, it was used so you could get in fights and win like can you can you just stop but i so i totally get it on that and um going back to like what we wear personally to like especially folks that are queer like we use our me being queer i use my looks to make a statement um, that I'm not straight, <laughs> you know, like I, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't want to, I don't want to attract straight people because I'm not straight, you know? So I, I'm, I, I love my straight brethren and, you know, like I'm not <laughs> upset. I'm just like, if I want to, <laughs> I, I just use what I look like to attract friends and lovers like that's what we do and it's a little bit more important for queer people in my book and yeah you know because and kinky people because you're like I'm just trying to like go to the bedroom in this way not in this other way (laughs) like so maybe the fact that I'm wearing this thing might be a hint to you to (laughs) like right you know what I mean like yeah uh yeah totally sexuality is deeper than just like oh yeah whatever i just it's a little bit more deep for people who are queer because we're just yeah we're out there we're out here we're trying to live we're just we're just trying to love and be loved like everybody else but it's a little harder (laughs) Yeah. yeah yeah And I mean, I also want to bring music into this too. So yeah. like being a, a dom, a dominant is part of my sexuality and professionally and personally. Um, and I, uh, I wrote lyrics to a song called The Whip, which is on our demo. Oh yeah. And that song is about being a dominatrix. And it's a really special song to me. And it's actually kind of a fan favorite too. Like whenever we play it oh, at yeah. shows, it, the energy goes up so much. And I think it's oh, because yeah. I, my energy goes up when we sing the song because yeah. it's so close to home for me. And I, I haven't really heard a song yet like it uh, lyrically. And uh, it was kind of vulnerable for me to really put my story out there a little bit and yell about yeah. it into a microphone in front of other <laughs> people yeah but the response that I've gotten has been so engaging and warm and excitable that I do want to do more of it but I definitely don't want to have like a BDSM band you know yeah um so it's a slippery slope but yeah but it's said it is my favorite song by you it's (laughs) It's my favorite song but that's just my because my personal life I like whips so yes me of course that would be my my song i would be like that's that's my go-to there oh that's awesome i'm so glad um but yeah so i've considered like what do i want to wear 
when I play shows? What do I want to wear when I am yeah. being Ari, the singer of Psychic Hit? Because when we think about Rob Halford, bringing that fashion into it while still being in the closet, yeah, it's really interesting because he's not really out. And this is actually the first thing I've done where I'm talking about being a pro dom openly with oh, wow. my my name and the band name attached to the conversation is that so is, is that okay like yeah which I, is great okay because I I want to be out about it but you okay. know I'm not going to mention my dom name but <laughs> yeah but yeah I because you I like, like the mystery I like mysterious. the mystery baby I'm a Scorpio yes <laughs> So, like, I've been thinking, how do I bring some of that, some part of my identity as a dominant a little bit into my performance yeah. musically and my performance as a front person mm-hmm. uh, without being super over the top about it? Like, I love that Rob Halford brought, like, a whip and would, like, you yeah. know, totally, like, crack the whip and stuff like that. But I think if I were to do that, I would be kind of stealing his moves and that would be a little bit... <laughs> a little bit of a obvious like grab but I wore a black latex cat suit at a couple of shows and I'm, oh, I bet that like did the did the sweat just pour out of the ankles oh, so sweaty into the boots like into <laughs> the boots so much and it was Soup, I mean boots. <laughs> yeah the suit boots I was splish splashing like I was taking a bath up there but (laughs) I mean uh, it definitely made me feel different wearing the catsuit versus other stuff I've worn at shows before like band t-shirts and boots and jeans and it's like too hot to wear a leather uh, jacket but I've tried that and I like that but um, the catsuit was really great I wish that it wasn't I'm thinking of just doing um some pvc instead to yeah see how that goes um but that would, that would look good with like I, I i understand like the lights hitting stuff like yeah. with like patent leather sh- shiny things sparkly things on stage it's just epic i think that's like my personal opinion of being on stage i've i haven't been in a band on stage but i've been on stage in other ways and when the lights like reflects off things it's like it's a it's another thing and like getting into that i talk about headspace when it comes to like being in a scene or a leather scene um or playing in a dungeon or playing just playing like you can be in a headspace but there's also a headspace for performing and like Mm -hmm. you're you become a character or you Mm -hmm. um you can be a character you can you it's completely a a blank canvas on a stage where you get to like paint. What is this person that I want to be? What is the energy that I want to be? Like when I was performing porn, the person that I perform porn as is not how I have sex in like, I'm not like that. My porn persona was not who I was as a person. (laughs) Like, like that was a different person. You know, I get, I get, I, I felt like I got to explore another type of me or something. Body. I yeah. just want to embody attitude. <laughs> and so <laughs> when I was like wearing the latex cat suit, it brought out this other side too, where oh, yeah. I'm like, 
it, there was a defiance in yeah. it. And there was also this, there's this sense for me when I wear rubber and when I see others in rubber, it looks like they're getting this kind of synthetic doll-like effect. Oh, right. And yeah. they're kind of with that slick second skin. Yeah. They're less vulnerable and almost more perfect because of the way it just sucks you in <laughs> yeah. and attaches to you. And yeah, so it is, it is yeah. like your second skin. It's like wearing a body condom. Yeah. I mean, I felt like kind of like a fembot or something <laughs> yeah. when I'm up there. And so I think that's the, that's yeah. the fetish. I think that's definitely pretty cross the board. That's, that's the fetish of it. Like at least, mm-hmm. I mean, that's how, like when I talk to other people and I wear it, it's like, what what's going on here i feel like real but fake like i don't Mm -hmm. it just it messes uh, the way i see it is like leather is the like ancient like getting into the roots of like deep pagan i don't know just like some it's kind of more primitive yeah like uh archaic like like growly and then latex is like synthetic the all of the like yeah, like you said, fembots are like this. This is like completely, one hundred percent man-made synthetic material, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it's on me. And you can see my body. What the hell? Like it's just this. Like it kind of cyborg. Yeah, it's it does something to the brain. It's that like, especially when you wear like rubber masks and stuff. It's like that uncanny valley, and I like. You just look that up if if you don't know what I mean by that, um, listeners. It's just where something looks he, looks looks human, but then not quite. But it's attractive, like it's like, or it's a little bit disturbing <laughs> 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 because it's almost human, and that's what I think. Like latex is sexy for that reason. Is like, and so internally yeah. transforming. Yeah totally and you just sweat you better have like a sweat fetish too because <laughs> i know and i don't just have a sweat it. fetish oh, okay. so well, i'm just like maybe. oh my god i need to figure out like another i was thinking about just getting a bodysuit <laughs> because the entire yeah. jumpsuit covering my whole body was a lot yeah but maybe showing a little bit more skin or wearing like some fishnet bodysuit with like yeah or i don't know i don't know what i'm gonna do but yeah i'm still experimenting and still figuring that out well that's I think it's really important yeah it's exciting and i think it's important that people in bands pay attention to what the fuck they're wearing dude because yeah. people are so fucking lazy about <laughs> their fashion and they go and play shows and they wear jeans and t-shirts and sneakers yeah. and they keep their heads down and i'm like you're not as animated because you're not stoked on your outfit right yeah, now. Yeah, what do you feel? You like? gotta, you gotta get something that you're feeling, because this energy, like the vibration, is stagnant. Okay. Yep. How do we bring up the vibration? Because why should we listen to? And I ask myself this: Why should someone listen to what I'm yelling into a microphone? Why should someone yeah. listen to all this noise? Yeah, if, if I'm not to going to yeah. give them something to look at, if I'm not bringing up my own vibration, they're not going to come and meet me there. Yeah, it's I, I love that we started talking about this because I'm uh, I think there's like also a connection between the magic world and like metal and leather. I think there's a there's a 
something magical about it. And when I say magic, it magic is just working with the energies of our planet and not yeah. against it. That's really right. all magic is, is just, do you want to be with the universe or try to fight it? <laughs> and to me, magic and like ritual and things is like, how do we get into that same, like you say, vibration of the planet? I want to like work with those energies. If you're like performing on stage, like you want to like, bring whatever's out in the zeitgeist of the time and like and 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 raise and elevate people's energies to like some sort of you know if you're saying words that are like epic and you want to inspire you're not going to just wear like i don't know a a a t-shirt with like a mustard stain on it you know like <laughs> you, you want to like inspire and get people into that flow like would you say that you're you, you're like magic type because some of your songs like the fool and fortune's wheel and stuff like that are kind of hearkening to like tarot to me i don't know am i right or oh yeah totally we're we're into it and we've used some magic to make shit happen with our band oh nice from the start and we used to i'm really i'm a big fan of candle magic and I'm a big fan oh, of manifestation exercises. And I think that, you know, I've heard magic defined as manifest desire. Oh, and yeah. I think I completely agree with you that the universe we behold is a system of energies that work with each other to, it, it's systemic. Yeah. So when we are willful with our egos and we think that we have so much control over our lives and over other people and what our jobs, whatever um, it is a delusion. And the word yeah. that comes to mind for me right now, that's really powerful, powerful for me these days is surrender. Mm. And that is that, especially with all of us tough types, we want to be tough and we want to be on guard and stuff like that. Cause ultimately we do want that to get unlocked. We do want yeah. to surrender. We do want to find what niche we're going to fall into. Mm. That's going to make us feel like we're a part of something and we are useful because as human beings, we want to feel useful. Yeah. And we are trying so hard to find a way to be useful that we over control things and we're not actually paying attention to the system that we are a part of and born from. So yeah. I think that magic is the acknowledgement of being a part of a whole and that you are a part of it and mm. you can work with it and move energy. And I see people who are so powerful and I see myself as a powerful person and a witch, but I let myself down a lot and I see people letting themselves down by not getting caught up in self-will instead of mm. surrendering to the energy and the power that is all around us. And yeah. we estrange ourselves from it. So music yeah. is a way that I connect with powerful vibration and I feel like I'm a conduit. Yeah. And so when I'm playing a show, it is a congregation of yeah. people of tough motherfucking metalheads who want to come together and they want something to surrender to. They want to yeah. hear me wailing 
Yeah. And singing about my fear and singing about my anger and singing about the shit that is vulnerable for me because they want to get there too. Yeah. Whether they know it or not. Yeah. It's a, it's a feeling. Each one of these, each one of these numbers that I do, I get to be a different person. And that's what was exciting for me to do. So I don't know if maybe that's similar to you to like, if you get to be who you truly are on stage or if you like how do you I know you were already talking about that and I rudely interrupted but you were, <laughs> you're say, saying like like how you feel on stage as yourself and like a lot of that has to do with what you're wearing absolutely because like we were talking about earlier these garments are connected to parts of our psychology they're connected to parts of our identity and parts of our authentic selves and they they spark these parts of us that come alive and because we can't be everything all the time but when we want to kind of light fire off those those parts of ourselves we do these things to situate ourselves in a way that we're comfortable being open about that and shining in that way and so I think also when it comes I to answer your question, I'm still developing my oh, yeah. front person character because I still oh, consider cool. us to be a relatively new band. I mean, we were really yeah. only performing for like three years or maybe two years actually before the pandemic. And then oh, we right. lost a year. Yeah. So now I have the opportunity to keep, and I have some new stuff that I'm looking forward to wearing on stage. And when I'm on stage, I definitely love attitude. I mean, that's what I love about metal and rock and roll is that it's mm. pure fucking attitude. Hey. I got sober almost a year ago and oh cool part of it was I couldn't have done it without acknowledging a higher power and I've always yeah. I know that the people have their f- thoughts and feelings about that yeah but um I think that and also you know because I'm a magical person I'm like considering that too yeah but that was how I really started to get into the idea of surrender because I was so trying to control the way that I felt and the way that I acted around other people because I'm so sensitive to other people's energy that I have social anxiety and I can't go and play shows with uh, I didn't think I could go and play shows without using and drinking yeah. And the leather jacket and boots just weren't really doing it for me anymore. Yeah. I needed more. Yeah. And so I ended up feeling like my body became this vessel that was no longer suitable for my spirit to exist inside of. Oh, wow. And I just felt so empty. And yeah. so I had to get to the point where I really, fe- and I also, it also affected the way I felt about myself as a performer and a musician. I felt like I was total phony going up there uh-huh. and performing and trying to get people into it when I was actually just in so much chaos. Yeah. And um, I didn't feel like I deserved the accolades or the attention because I was just uh-huh. barely scraping by with like writing music and contributing to my own band. So, yeah. But that is, what I'm getting at is that, you know, there's so many things that we do to try to adjust ourselves, to acclimate to our environment. Mm. 
And it's all based on these expectations we have, which are also oftentimes delusions and they're not real and they're far worse than we actually, than the reality actually is of the situation. Mm. And so I think that acknowledging that if you acknowledge that there's a higher power, something more powerful than yourself, and that could be the ocean, that could be a whole bunch of, you know, people, you know, these, you know, so in doing that, I just was able to let myself off the hook for so much. And then I didn't feel all of this pressure that I had to relieve by like taking Mm -hmm. something or whatever yeah, and destroying myself really. So, well, I'm, I'm happy to hear that because I don't, I don't use or drink anymore either. And it's for similar reasons in that, I just didn't feel good anymore. Mm-hmm. My body was like, how much more can you, you can't do this. Cause I was actually just f- feeling sick and now I feel great. So it's like, okay, why would I do that again? So. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, yeah, I mean, we get really cut off from our powers when we, and our connection to the rest of the universe and our connection to the universal consciousness when we're feeling sorry for ourselves and fucking destroying ourselves and, and yes, just basically frittering away our, yeah, our life, our life source, our, our life energy. Well, that's, yeah, that's the, that's basically what it, I, I'm the kind of person that's close to like conspiracy theory guy where I'm like the infamous day is trying to do all the, fuck us up but (laughs) but seriously like why pour so much money into the alcohol system and um underground drug trafficking and all that Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. if you're not actually trying to take people's power away and control them the scariest thing for a government of any sort doesn't matter if it's a fascist government or whatever government it is the scariest thing to them is for the people to realize their power. Yeah. That's it. That's bottom line. We are realizing our power. And to do that, sometimes you need to melt all the things away that are crutches or whatever. Like, yeah, you don't know who you are without a drug. Then something's going on, you know? That's just my opinion. It's about shame. And shame is just like something that I really am curious about. My my curiosity is piqued about shame all the time because I find that that is the motivator for so much of our self-destruction and our disconnection from others and from our planet. And I mean, when I I came to terms with like, how much shame I had and how I was dealing with it in unhealthy ways. And I, like you said, melted away those crutches. I have become an empowered performer and an empowered person and Mm. a person who does esteemable acts and therefore has more self-esteem and it's growing all the time. And I see worth in myself 
And I don't see, I don't need to feel like I'm worthy by proving something to anyone. I just do what I think is the right thing to do. I try to do the next right thing. Yeah. Integrity. Yeah. To know one's integrity, one must know what the structure is of oneself. Like that's what integrity is. It's like, what can I commit to? Yeah. Like what's the strength of your building? How how can you respond? What's your responsibility? How how are you response able? Are you able to respond? Are you, you know, <laughs> yeah, 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 totally. And I don't know. I guess I also felt like I had a responsibility as a dominatrix to oh, have yeah. some kind of control over my own life. Yeah, and I was using and drinking through my sessions to get through my sessions and I was seeing people and engaging with people who had really dark demons and I really didn't like being around them but I was engaging with them anyway yeah and um getting so drained after playing shows because I was opening myself up and being vulnerable and singing these things that started out as journal entries And then talking to all these people and being so, 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 so drained, I just could barely function. And it was just like being a fucking zombie. So I uh, really turned to what is really comforting for me now is knowing that when, when I'm here, I'm here. Like sobriety is so comforting to me. It's like a comforting little weighted blanket. Because it keeps <laughs> nice. me grounded and I know that I'm not going to do embarrassing shit anymore and I'm not going to invite yeah. people to cross my boundaries anymore. Mm-hmm. And when I'm showing up and I'm singing on a stage, I am being vulnerable and I'm okay with that. And it's true vulnerability. Yeah, it's not like I'm glazed you. over. Yeah. yeah. You're not, and I love that about yeah. Rob Halford, too, because he's also yeah. sober and has been sober for yes. like 37 or 40 years. Yep. And I don't know if you read his autobiography. Yeah, but... so a little, a, yeah, a little bit. I have reading problems, so I need to get it on um, audio. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I love audiobooks. Yeah. And um, he talks about the moment where he talks about performing for the first time sober. It was just so moving. Yeah. to me especially after everything that, that he had dealt with yeah yeah being able to just just go out there and do it sober it's so inspiring i mean everything about i really really look to him he really is my metal god yeah being mm-hmm. self-identifying as something kind of puts that magical and in, magically into the ether just so you know mm-hmm. like the fact that he identifies that way and has for a very long time <laughs> Yeah, something about repeating something over and over again. And, you know, your chanting chanting is like such a yeah. thing. And it's putting intention out there. And intention, I feel, is so tied to magic, too. When you're oh, yeah. focusing on your intention so thoroughly, it's yeah. what is it, that's what working with energy is. Like, it's not this, it's this sort of like complicated no, thing. It's... We can drop into it at any time. Yeah, it's not of Hogwarts experience where you get to see (laughs) like rainbow explosions in the air when you throw a stick around like 
yes, we have wands and things that you can use to direct your intention, but it's like some people can see those lights, like energetic aura flows and things like that. It's subtle, you know, like it's it's subtle. It's as subtle as just feeling of the breeze, you know, was the breeze an actual breeze or was that something more? Like, that's, like, to me what magic is. But, yeah, having, like, a mantra, if you will, or something that you chant over and over again, that's, like, that's metal right there. And, like, mm -hmm. there's a lot of metal out there that's that's some dark magic. But it's sometimes people need that to get their, get their shit out. But then it's, like, yeah, what are you doing with that afterwards What with, like when you're done with that gig or that show or the session to me, I smudge it like, yeah, you know, you get your sage and you, you're like, okay, anything that's not mine is not welcome. It can go somewhere else where it's being welcomed. I, I, you know, whatever's not mine and is not health helpful for me and my soul, then please go on your merry way with all respect, you know, and then it, it will, if you trust that it does, like, that's my, well, at least that's what I do. <laughs> yeah, that's totally. Like, I mean, I've come like, home from sessions before and asked yeah. Dre to smudge me because I'm just so. Yeah. Take salt baths. Yeah. And I do often. Yeah, it's just like, yeah, just, but the, the fact that being sober also is like you're if being in control of your body yeah like you said like if you can't be in control of the session or of your show like when when you're on something that that's not dangerous just like it's dangerous for everyone involved like you can mm -hmm. hurt anybody and i think that that's what's happening also with a lot of people. I think a lot of people can identify with what you're saying because a lot of people are realizing their mental health things. Like that's a hot topic right now. And our zeitgeist is talking about mental health, you know, cause Lady Gaga is talking about it. So everybody's <laughs> talking about, <laughs> but it's like, do you, there's two ways of dealing with it. And that's, do you want to take, drugs pres prescription or not mm -hmm. or do you want to like take the inner journey and just be like this is me naked to the world with all of my desires and all of my history what do I want to do with the future it's hard <laughs> it's yeah. scary it's scary and cool like you can create it. Yeah, life That's is what... really scary. And I'll tell you, I'm a scared <laughs> person. I'm scared. And like, I, I love the spooky, yeah. though. And I love creepy <laughs> movies. And I have a little film festival at home on every Halloween. And I just Ooh. love to watch all the scary movies and like yes. eat hot dogs and popcorn. Wow. <laughs> is it like a festival by yourself or is it a party? Well. Like, is it with other people or you yeah, just like go invite... sit in the dark by yourself? I invite people and it is dark okay. and we're together in the dark and we really curate 
okay the good, list good, of good, movies yeah. Yeah, yeah totally i love that so it's great you're invited oh th- that would be awesome because last year for halloween i just sat in the dark by myself and i was like yeah i'm getting real <laughs> alone <laughs> you know like i just i just embraced it and i was like I am the most alone I've ever been. Oh my god! You know, just deep dive into solitude. Yeah, just like pitch black. Like I just—it's like went, sensory deprivation. I went for it. Yeah, I did. I had to do a lot of self uh, bondage. A lot of self during during the pandemic. I was like, "How do I get into a sleep sack by myself?" Okay, how? <laughs> <laughs> um, you know trying to keep things fun when I can't <laughs> touch anybody you know <laughs> yeah that's awesome I mean I think it's amazing what people can do with like self-bondage and things like that it just is astounding to me I'm really curious about that it's like on my bucket list for sure yeah I was I was considering like recording it but then I was like this is very personal and I was like I could record it just in case I hurt myself <laughs> and there's some proof to know why Apollo is oh no like don't go there <laughs> I thought you were gonna say so I could look back and see where I made the mistake well that's that that hey I like I like how you're taking taking this into a positive light because <laughs> I'm pretty morbid sometimes um but I didn't do much of that I just dabbled I wasn't like doing some intense shit or anything don't don't worry, anybody. <laughs> uh, I just make sleep sacks for Mr. S and I have never actually used one with a partner. So I was like, how do I do this on my own? So I'll just like try to get into this. I did record a little bit of that. I put it on um, Instagram. It's nice. kind, of, kind of goofy, me trying to get into it. Um, <laughs> I love that. Yeah, but that's so cool. If you have um, Halloween watch fest, um, that's probably the, like the best thing ever. Oh my god, I just got an idea I, because you what? inspired me, and I have to tell you what. Oh, what? so get this: what if I was in a sleep sack and you had to watch I, scary movies? <laughs> I no. <laughs> um, imagine this: I'm like in a sleep sack, and I get rolled out onto the stage what and then unzipped and i just emerge like a butterfly oh my god or like somebody like takes there's like a gimp or something and they just like take the zipper down a little bit to expose my face and i start singing and stuff and then the zipper goes back up and it okay. comes back down again and i, I am going to so- help this okay, i am going to curate <laughs> this fantasy for you um leathercore is going to curate this this fantasy for you i think this needs to happen because i don't think it's ever been done and i actually have a show coming up on august 28th at eli's oh and would they be down for that who'd be down oh we don't need to ask anybody's permission oh good okay (laughs) we don't do that i'm the i'm the consent guy where i'm like do i ask do i tell you know okay (sighs) you you the boss they don't need to know what they don't know that's they're just gonna they're in for a treat and they're gonna get it 
<laughs> I would love it. I would love it because I feel like I've been in a chrysalis this whole pandemic. Oh. I got sober during this pandemic and I just worked so much magic throughout this pandemic. And I just am so inspired and I just want to burst out like that because I think a lot of people are feeling that too. They've been feeling they're kind of, kind of hibernating over the past year. So I sort of want to find a way to oh my God, express that like... physically. Oh, yeah. Okay, well, we're going to talk off the show to everyone's dismay in a, <laughs> in a, uh, about your um, leather possibly, idea. Yeah, your, your, yeah, your, your leather cocoon, um, custom leather cocoon, uh, cocoon couture. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll get all I I will love to make that happen for that that that's make that's making me feel some sort of way like so, it's meant to be yeah yeah and maybe that's that's where we're gonna leave it for all of the um listeners out there they're just gonna have to be on the edge of their little seats <laughs> about what's going to happen this little teaser uh that they that they're a little a little micro teaser of what's going to be happening in the future for psychic hit <laughs> and you're gonna have to go to that show to see what's gonna happen yeah, so all you listeners out there, thanks for joining us on another episode of Hellbent for Leather. And please check out Ari um, on Psychic Hit. Listen to her magical voice inspire you to put on all your leathers. And we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. We'll get you some gimps. <laughs> there's got to be someone there's so many <laughs> yeah well that's great I mean I'm just so happy to talk to you I feel so inspired talking to you I'm just I love you I'm such a huge fan oh, so of I me? can't yeah I was just gonna say all that about you so oh, you're, you're an, yeah well you're an inspiration like that's I was gonna try to tie this up and you're you're doing a better job than me because I was just I was spacing out on the the so when I get into in deep in my head I kind of get quiet for a second like if I'm like oh leather I could make this I could do oh my god so <laughs> what I'm trying to say is I would like to thank you from the bottom of my heart for being <laughs> on this and having this amazing conversation and um, I'm so humbled that you feel the same way about me on there. And that because your music and, and your words inspire me and everybody listening needs to listen to all the album, all all of it right now. Listen to every <laughs> song by Psychic Hit and blow your mind. Put your leather on and listen to their music. <laughs> <laughs> And come to this show that's going to blow your mind even more. So. Get into it. Get into it. <laughs> Get into that leather. Get into it. All right. Thank you, Ari. And Thank I you. It's just been my absolute pleasure. <laughs>